0: Comprehensive, relevant, and insightful conversations about health and medicine happen here on MedStarHealth.talk. Primary care physicians say back pain is one of the biggest reasons people miss work. And it can affect someone at any age. I can tell you firsthand, the pain can range from being a dull, nagging ache to a piercing, shooting pain. But when is it time to see a surgeon? Today, we'll get that answer and more as it relates to spine surgery from neurosurgeon Dr. Jugal Shaw. I'm your host, Mike Shu. Welcome to Doc Talk, and Dr. Shaw, thank you for being with us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: You know, why would patients come to you as opposed to an orthopedic spine surgeon?
1: That's a great question. In our training, both orthopedic and neurosurgeons are taught how to operate and manage spine conditions. Our approach to the spine can be slightly different. During our training, neurosurgeons, as our name implies, are taught to be comfortable with nerves and nerve decompressions. And orthopedic surgeons are uh, in a bone-based background where they're taught about how bones heal and bones grow. And they're both very complementary to each other as back pain and spine pain Uh, can be either one or both pain originating from the bones or the nerves themselves.
0: I'm sure sometimes you you get referrals both ways.
1: Exactly. And a lot of my patients will see both as a second opinion. And my advice to them is go with who you feel comfortable with. There are certain pathologies and spine pathologies that neurosurgeons may be a little bit more equipped to handle, such as spinal tumors. Um, And there are other pathologies where really the bone needs to grow that uh, patients may feel more comfortable with an orthopedic surgeon. But at the end of the day, my advice is uh, if you have the luxury of being able to see multiple providers, just go with who you're most comfortable with.
0: Okay, so when it comes to back pain, what, what do you see the most?
1: mean, the most common thing that comes in, uh, that patients complain when they come into my office is they have really bad pain in the back when they walk more than a couple of blocks. The pain also goes down to their legs And they have to lean forward and they're just not experiencing the quality of life that they just thought they would be living at that point.
0: You just described, I think we all just uh, saw someone in our, our minds walking down the sidewalk with that sort of stooped over, maybe a little bit of a shuffle trying to alleviate some pain.
1: Exactly. And we pointed, you know, a term, neurogenic claudication, you know, pain that goes down the legs. That's worse with walking and it's extremely common, unfortunately.
0: So for something like that, the fix is?
1: Oftentimes, it involves removing pressure off of the bone. Really, to understand what the problem is, is that as our spines age, it causes pressure on the nerves, and those nerves can oftentimes rub against each other, and that's why the symptoms are worse with walking. So the fix is oftentimes doing a surgery to remove the pressure from the nerves and also a thickened ligament that can happen. And in some instances, a fusion surgery is also necessary where two pieces of bone of the spine that are next to each other Will need some sort of fixation so that the bone heals and grows over the next couple of months to alleviate the pain. Sounds complicated. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the reason why neurosurgery training seven plus years.
0: I would imagine when you ha- see a successful case where someone comes back and they're, they they have their mobility back and you know they can move freely, that that must give you a lot of pride.
1: It's it's one of the most uh, incredible things to see. I was just on the phone with my good friend from medical school, who's a neurologist. And he was telling me, oh, you know, how, you know, how's the job going? Like, what, what are you enjoying? And I said, you know what, in the last five days, I did five surgeries. And to be able to see a patient who had weakness before the surgery, and immediately after surgery, in some cases, that same examination that I just did shows that their leg is stronger, or their arm is stronger. And the fact that I did that with my own mind and hands is one of the most fulfilling things that I can think of. And such a privilege to be able to do every day.
0: Well, so I would imagine that there, you know, the people that come to you, sometimes they think that this is, you know, at least that's their fear. It's never going to go away. They're living with it and they're looking for some answer. And so to be able to provide that answer, that's fantastic.
1: Exactly. And when a patient would benefit from surgery and I can talk to them about it and alleviate some of the mystery that surrounds the idea of surgery, um, it's very fulfilling to just even be able to educate them about what's going on or at least help them understand why they're in pain or what the potential fixes are.
0: Since we're talking about this, we are talking about the spine, which leads me to ask about, you know, so many people experience back pain. You know, is the spine magnificent as it is? Is it, is it somewhat poorly designed? Why, why do so many people feel so much pain?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. To bring it back kind of to evolutionary terms, if you think of us as evolving from mammals that are used to uh, being quadrupeds, you know, walking on four limbs. And then you take that same system and then all of a sudden you're uh, standing upright and constantly fighting gravity with the upper part of your body. Um, it. Not a mystery why so many people suffer from this, unfortunately.
0: What brings people, actually, what's what's the tipping point for a lot of people that they say, all right, I, I got to go see this guy because I can't take it anymore?
1: Exactly. I mean, if the symptom is mostly pain, I always recommend that my patients try the less risky, less invasive things first, physical therapy, pain management. Um, a lot of my patients seek alternative medicine, in which everything that they're comfortable with But once it's gotten at least three or six months and the pain is unremitting and they're not living the life that they think they should, then I'll talk to them about this is the role of surgery. And if their MRI supports that surgery has a high chance of success, then I'll offer it to them.
0: It seems to me like a lot of people don't necessarily want to do the hard work first of the physical therapy and the exercise and the losing weight and all the sort of uh, boilerplate things that people are told. Do you find that's the case that both people sometimes don't want to do the hard work or that they can, if not cure themselves, at least alleviate some of their pain by being in the gym and doing the right kind of stretching and exercises and things like that?
1: Yeah. For those people who can do that work, the physical therapy or other treatments, then I always encourage it. There are some people who are just in so much pain yeah. Yeah. that they can't tolerate physical therapy. And that's when the role of an MRI or other imaging will roll into. And I will look at it and say, you know what? Your nerve is extremely pinched. I believe you. That I would believe if you told me that you were in more pain than you are right now, mm-hmm. given how bad the MRI looks. And everything that you can tolerate up until now, try it. And if you can't, I'm always t- happy to talk to you about further options and getting an option that will get you back on your feet as fast as possible.
0: So is it possible to cause more damage to the spine by by waiting or postponing surgery?
1: It depends. If we're talking about uh, nerve pain and spine pain in the neck or the middle of the back where the spinal cord is present, that tissue tends to be a little bit more sensitive to pressure um, versus if we're talking about leg pain and back pain where the spinal cord ends around the middle of the back and you're talking about nerve pressure, as long as there's no weakness, I'd say it's the best thing to do is take the time to try the different therapies and then go with the provider that you're most comfortable with moving forward.
0: So do people need, if, 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 if spine surgery is going to be their pathway, do they need to do any prehab? Is there anything they need to do beforehand uh, before they, you know, go into the operating room?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So Many of them will have already gone to physical therapy, which is part of rehab. But you bring up an interesting point. There are newer protocols that involve multiple disciplines among nursing, pain management, physical therapy, rehab called enhanced recovery after spine surgery. Many patients traditionally after spine surgery uh, would go to, for example, an acute rehab facility where they're getting three hours of intense physical therapy to really maximize the recovery after surgery. But as you just said, prehab where're getting used to the idea of what exercises am I doing what am I going to expect during my recovery process before the surgery has been shown in many studies to really shorten the time of recovery and shorten the use of opioids and really maximize their outcomes
0: so what if you could pick a, a, a common type of surgery that you do and uh, what would be the the aftercare and how long would someone be um, you know, either in, in a bed or their mobility perhaps reduced? And when when will they sort of feel normal? If you could walk me through those steps.
1: Yeah. So for example, one of the more common procedures is a lumbar laminectomy infusion. Basically, we're decompressing the nerves in the lower back. What does and decompressing mean? I'm sorry. So decompression means removing the nerves and the, and the ligaments that are pressing on the nerves, which is really where the pain is coming from. But oftentimes back pain happens when two bones in the lower back are sliding against each other in an abnormal way. So, that's where the fusion part comes in, where a hardware or titanium implants are used to fix those two bones together. So, to use that as an example, being that is as common as it is, usually the day after surgery, I recommend patients get out of bed and walk with physical therapy. And depending on how many levels they're done or how big the surgery is, they're in the hospital about two to three days. I usually recommend not to lift anything heavier than a gallon of milk for about the first month. Physical therapy starts after about two weeks if they're going home. And for some patients who are going to acute rehab, physical therapy starts right away. I really want them mobilizing and prevent any complications that can happen from being bedridden for very long. And then usually it takes about, for the bone healing, about three to six months afterwards. So usually about three to six months is when we say the maximum recovery happens.
0: That will, in what you described, will the patient feel better right away?
1: Oftentimes, if their pain is coming from nerve pinching, like I was saying earlier, the most gratifying thing is seeing them in the recovery room immediately after surgery and say, oh my goodness, my leg that's been hurting for years, I don't feel pain right now. And the first thing I usually say, well, right now, thank your anesthesiologist. But once the anesthesia wears (laughs) off, we'll really check. But their pain is still gone. So, if it's pain from a pinched nerve, oftentimes that gets better pretty rapidly. And then the back pain takes until the bone fully heals to fully recover.
0: And then for, for people like that, I imagine they also would worry about something coming back. Is, is exercise or stretching or, or whatever, is there something they can do then to make sure they stay healthy once you've done your work?
1: Exactly. You know, oftentimes the pain prevents patients from doing the exercise that they want to lead the healthy lifestyle that they want. Once that's subsided, I really do recommend maintaining an active lifestyle, all of the general things that you mentioned earlier, physical therapy and exercises, back stretches. Actually, very recently, um, out of a group in New York, there was a paper that talked about the benefit of yoga for back pain, and in a very structured manner over the course of a couple of weeks, measuring whose pain is better, whose pain is not better, and yoga was found to have a significantly improved benefit in pain. In terms of patients who've had surgery, I would say before doing any of those real bending, lifting, twisting exercises that we advise patients to not do while they're healing, after that healing process has occurred in about three to six months, incorporating all of those healthy practices into their lifestyle will really maximize their benefit and prevent them from needing that type of surgery again.
0: Are are there other things up in the the, the neck and shoulder area of the spine that that you work on?
1: Yes. So the spine goes all the way from the brain to the tailbone. Uh, Another common thing that we see is a herniated disc in the neck or thickened or arthritis in the neck that causes pinching of the spinal cord and nerves coming out to the arms. So one of the things that patients come in with is either unremitting arm pain, weakness of the hands, Um, or difficulty walking. You know, a lot of patients will say, you know, it's not so much that my legs are weak or that I have lower back pain, but I'm having difficulty finding where my feet are in Mm -hmm. space. And that's from pressure on the nerves that tell our brain where our our feet are in the three-dimensional environment. For that type of um, problem, oftentimes an MRI will show a herniated disc or uh, pressure on the ligament and um, a decompression and a fusion surgery in the neck will be necessary.
0: I imagine that must be maddening to not have the confidence to know where your feet are.
1: It can be incredibly debilitating.
0: Is that something which you can see results fairly quickly if everything goes well?
1: It's interesting. The spinal cord itself is a very delicate tissue. Um, There's a lot of delicate and sensitive nerves there. One of the things that uh, when I talk to my patients about surgery is I think of the spine and nerves as a wire with insulation around them. And when we have pressure from either a herniated disc or thickened ligament, that insulation gets damaged and the nerve is not able to carry the signal as well. And what surgery can do is decompress that pressure. And over time, now that there's an environment, the body can regrow that insulation around the wire. There's such variability among people in terms of how quickly they regrow it. As, As I said earlier, some patients experience relief immediately other times, especially when we're talking about spinal cord in the neck, the full benefits really do take three to six months.
0: Yeah. the I, I know I've talked to enough doctors and one of their things that, that they kind of want people to come see them is when they're awakened at night, whatever the pain is from wherever it is in the body, if it's enough to wake you out of your sleep, maybe you need to go talk to somebody. Where Where are you on that?
1: I agree. I mean, if a lot of times degenerative pain happens with movement and walking, but if there's pain that is so great that is preventing you from being able to sleep, the thing that you need to rest, then it's extremely important that person see somebody and get worked up.
0: Good. Anything on the horizon? Anything to be excited about in uh, neurosurgery?
1: Yes. I mean, one of the particular areas of interest of mine are minimally invasive spine surgery and the use of robots during spine surgery. We've all heard of robotic surgery in other fields, and now we're at a very interesting time where robots are being used to assist in spine surgery so the idea behind uh, to speak both about speak about them both very generally is that traditionally spine surgery when it's done through the back involves opening the skin and actually removing the muscle from the bone in order to get to access the bone and the nerves underneath the idea behind minimally invasive surgery is to not necessarily go in the middle but gently stretch the muscle apart and use either a tube or Um, a a spreading device to get to the bone without having to disrupt the tissue as much and minimally invasive spine surgery has been for been around for a little bit over a decade, but there are newer studies that are looking at, you know, further long-term outcomes. Initially in the field, there was some reluctance because traditionally it was thought that if you're not exposing as much bone, it's not going to fuse as well. um, Or you're just not going to get as good enough window. Now we're seeing studies coming out over the past year that are looking at 10-year outcomes showing very similar rates of fusion and similar, uh, if not better, rates of decrease in back and nerve pain at 10 years out. So some of the initial skepticism is being supported by longer-term studies that really demonstrate the benefit of minimally invasive approaches to the spine. In some ways, it's better for everyone. From a patient point of view, um, having less tissue trauma, faster recovery, um, getting out of the hospital faster um, is always beneficial. With the use of robotic assistance, for example, it uh, allows the surgeries to be done through a smaller incision and also allows greater accuracy. You know, some of these things r- involve very precise um, placement of hardware in the spine, and the robotic arm uses the patient's own CAT scan, oftentimes done in the operating room at the time of surgery. And allows the surgeon to really pick a custom trajectory or a place for the hardware to be placed, for really improving uh, the patient outcome. From a surgeon's point of view, having the technology that's been that's good and accurate also gives the surgeon a peace of mind. Lets us get through the day with a little. Le- little bit less stress as we are wishing for the best for our patient outcomes.
0: Everybody wants a good outcome. Exactly. Fascinating time to be a medicine, huh? Exactly. Absolutely. Well, good. Well, we've been talking to uh, Dr. Jugal Shah at uh, MedStar Franklin Square Hospital. Dr. Shah, thank you for sharing your expertise here on uh, MedStar Health Doc Talk. To learn more about Dr. Shah, go to MedStarHealth.org slash Shah, S-H-A-H. Or for an appointment, you can call 443-777-7999.